Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Hour number two, and the final one for the week of uh, KSL Outdoors Radio. Pleasure, as always, to have you here, too. Uh, Tim Hughes, along with Russ Smith, in studio today at uh, Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City. Yeah. I, I, I think sometimes, boy, it'd be nice to come back in on Saturdays and do the show live and everything. Yeah. And I say, no. Nah. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday when the alarm goes off. Nah. But we're glad to have you out there listening. We're glad to have you listening online. That's a good way to listen to the show. Yeah. So. Uh, you're right about that. Let me tell you what's coming up. Uh, we're going to be checking in in a few minutes with uh, Mark. I did get an email from him. Let me just see what uh, is on tap there so you have a little idea of what's coming. He wants to talk about non-motorized flight in Salt Lake City. Flight Park, State Recreation Area, right oh, there okay. at the point of the mountain, which we stopped at briefly. I know. I was explaining that to somebody one time. On our state parks trip. That's a state park up there, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think all we saw was a parking lot because we weren't in the it mood was- to... You know, fl- get wings and try a flight. I think it was but- after midnight. <laughs> we still had three parks to go. Yeah. Uh, and there's another one he wanted to talk about, which is wingsuit simulation called Limitless Flight. It brought to mind uh, when uh, we went up to Ogden. Yeah, I know. What, what is the name of that? Shoot, it's indoor. Yeah. Um, uh, it's got a big fan blowing everything up. Yeah. And you jump in and you can fly. It, we really had fun yeah. doing that. And it's fun to watch the people that actually are skilled at it because it's a real art. They have national and international competitions, yeah. I think, for people that are really good at it. But they had indoor surfing there, too. At that they place. did. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it, though. Yeah, and uh, it'll come to mind here in a second. So, anyway, uh, we'll talk to Mark Wade about that. Maybe he can... Uh, ring a bell for <laughs> reminding us what that is so we'll do that we'll check in with tim ryan from row four als as they get ready to launch on monday if everything goes as scheduled and then roger agate from bear river lodge uh, will join us one of the stories has been getting a lot of attention this week and it, it cropped up with this one uh russ i don't know if you saw this video but there was another oh yeah crazy person in yellowstone national park and she's looking to get a selfie. She, yeah. Her knee yeah. is right at the nose of a gigantic bison who is sitting there. And she's doing her hair and making sure that the picture is just perfect. All of this coming on the heels of uh, a, a man who has pleaded guilty to intentionally disturbing a baby bison that was later euthanized. Mm. Uh, and tourists this past week put an elk 
calf of all things in their car. Oh, we're back to putting things in our cars. A couple huh? of years ago, it was a minivan, yeah. and they were loading a bison calf. Yeah. This was an elk calf. Um, oh, man. The report from ABC uh, last week on Utah's Morning News said that people have just lost their fear of these animals. And I said, no, they have lost their minds, actually, <laughs> is what's going on here. I mean, it's it's hard for us to understand because we live close to all this. We see it. We we understand it, you yeah. know. But I guess somebody that's never seen it thinks somehow they're helping. Well, it's the perfect lead-in to our conversation yeah. with Rusty Robinson from the Division of Wildlife Resources. He is the once-in-a-lifetime coordinator. Rusty, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I guess, unfortunately, you're not surprised at this because you've probably had stories like this in Utah. Yeah, the the, the bison thing, I was just listening here, that seems about as dangerous as wearing a wingsuit. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which is worse. Yeah, very has a has a high potential of death or or dismemberment one way or the other. <laughs> um, they, they they always say the best advice to give anybody when it comes to you know uh, wildlife of any kind, but especially big game like this, is just to keep your distance. Enjoy it. Bring your binoculars. Bring your camera with a zoom lens. Whatever it is, yeah. but you're risking your life um, beyond keeping your distance. How do we keep ourselves safe around moose in Utah? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I, I think people underestimate how dangerous a moose can be. They they kind of give off the vibe that they're, you know, just kind of slow and gentle, kind of a gentle giant type animal. And that's not always the case. And so, um, like you mentioned, that that's the biggest thing is, is you got to give them distance. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of wildlife. And I've never been charged by a bear or cougar, but I've been charged by by a handful of moose. Mm-hmm. And and I think people underestimate uh, how strong and how fast they are and, and how aggressive they can be. So give them distance. You know, if you if you see one on the trail, um, you know, give them a wide berth. You may have to, to to back up, take a break, let them let them move off the trail naturally, or or go around them or something. But um, they can get agitated pretty quick when you when you get close to them. Russ, was it and, you? And, was it you or Navadomskis that had an interaction? I don't know if we want to go through this again. Well, but, a little bit but, of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me set the scene. It was my first year in Utah. I'm a, I was an idiot Californian. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's. Then it's obvious what happened. <laughs> and I had a camera, and wow, a moose, you know. And I kept a tree between us most of the time, and then I started getting bolder and bolder. It was a. It was a. Uh, a cow and, and a couple of calves. Well, there's the problem, yeah. Yeah, and and they weren't reacting to me. I go, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, I get some good shots. And I turn around, and there's the bull. Yeah. And he charged me. I fell down backwards onto some rocks, and I laid there. And I laid there a long time while his exhaling was hitting my face. <laughs> and oh, uh, I just decided, you know, I'm just staying right here. Yeah, uh, that's a little too close for comfort. I learned. How how do you know when uh, a moose is about to become aggressive? Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain time times of the year when when certain moose will will become more aggressive. Um, uh, cows will have their calves in in May, and then they'll carry those calves with them throughout the summer and into the fall. And and so, anytime you get a cow and a calf, they can be more aggressive. And then, uh, you know, during the breeding period, usually in, in around September. The bulls can be, you know, pretty popped up on testosterone and, and be a little more aggressive. But the best thing to do is, is watch their, their body language. Um, you know, if you've ever spent any time around horses, it, it's kind of similar. 
when they get agitated, they can they'll lower their head, or you'll see the hair on their neck stand up. Um, they'll start they'll start licking, sticking their tongue out, licking around their snout. Um, and then if they pin their ears back, then um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out get out of the way. Um, another thing they'll do is they'll kind of swing their head back and forth and look at you sideways, and they'll open their eyes really wide. You'll see the whites of their eyes, and mm-hmm. and um, if you've done that, those are those are all uh, bad signs. That, that that's bad body language that they're getting pretty pretty agitated and they want you to get away from them Ru- russ is having a little ptsd well, just I, listening to you I, talk I, this I, yeah. Sorry, I also russ. wanted to say my dog does all the same things when, when yeah. she's mad but yep. but the yep. upside is if you're in moose country and you have a good distance especially down where there's fences and things they're so beautiful jumping the fences as they go along yeah you never would have thought an animal that size could be so graceful Oh yeah, yep, hundred percent. So yeah, enjoy them from a, from a yeah. safe distance. Um, if you've got dogs, keep them on a leash. You know they they, you know wolves are some of their only natural predators, and and that's in their evolutionary yeah. history. And so dogs are a a real perceived oh, threat yeah. to them, and 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 that's when they get really defensive is when a dog gets too close. And I think most of the encounters um, I've heard of in Utah were where somebody got knocked over or something, there was usually a dog involved, and the moose just got – it was too much for it. Yeah. So um, keep them on a leash, keep them away, and, and just enjoy them from a safe distance. Just a note about dogs. Please, don't teach your dogs to chase game. Don't don't create Encourage a critter it. dog. Yeah. It, it's going to end in tragedy. I lost uh, Stella that way. Now, that was not her fault. but Got kicked or something? Yeah, she got kicked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so all, all good advice. Uh, we talk about moose, one of the uh, more, more popular, I guess more well-known, at least among skiers. There's one that uh, resides just below the lift as you make your way out for the final run of the day at canyons, on the canyon side of uh, Park City. And it's become you know sort of uh, one of the attractions. Yeah. When you're done with your ski day, you just try and spot this moose that's usually there hanging mm. out. Uh, and it is one of those things you look forward to in nature. But Look forward to it from a distance, I guess, is the way to do it. And if you want more safety tips, you can go to uh, wildlife.utah.gov or the Wild Aware Utah website. Always a pleasure. Thanks for checking in with us, Rusty. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Have a good morning. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll do a little road tripping. Mark's going to take us indoors for some flight simulators, and then he's going to take us down to the flight park. If you've driven north or southbound I-15 at the point of the mountain and you're lucky enough this time of year to see early in the morning particularly, a lot of those hang gliders are out there, uh, and it's a state park. People probably don't know that. No, I wouldn't think anybody knows that hardly at all unless you're using it. We've been there, and we still don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can find it again. It's probably easier to find, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We'll let Mark talk you through it, though. Uh, He's coming up here in just a minute, so stay with us. More of KSL Outdoors Radio coming up. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, it's time to do a little road tripping, but we thought we'd do something a little off the beaten path today instead of uh, Willie. 
And this is Mark's idea uh, today that we take flight. How about that? Yeah, sounds good. If you've ever dreamed of flying around, fly like an eagle. You can do it right here in Utah. Mark Wade is with us. Uh, you've been uh, having some nasty dreams at night, haven't you? <laughs> we, were ta- we, were, we were talking about this uh, before we jumped into this segment about how at times you have these dreams where you feel like you're flying and uh, sometimes it ends badly. Sometimes you wake up with a smile on your face. But uh, tell me about your dream. <laughs> what, what led you this, to this conversation today? Well, I can remember many times in my life dreaming that I was flying without any kind of motorized, no wings, no motors, no, it's just human-powered flight. And now it's really possible to last many years, and, and we see that almost daily out there at the point of the mountain, don't we, where those guys are out there soaring with those paragliders. Yeah. Uh, are you a person that likes to do this kind of stuff? I, I follow you on social media, obviously, and enjoy your uh, pictures and your video. You were on a personal trip with your lovely wife. And I kept saying, I sure hope that's not Mark jumping off of that cliff down in Acapulco. Tell me it was not you. I've done some great cliff jumping and some, some very high heights uh, in places. Maybe I shouldn't have, but that was not me in Acapulco jumping. But I sure enjoyed watching that. You asked if I've ever done this kind of thing, but I, I've gone uh, paragliding with a powered paraglider near Zion National Park. Right. I went out one summer early about 7 in the morning, and, and we floated several thousand feet on the edges of the park, and man, was it fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was just remarkable. I'll bet it was. Uh, many people, and Russ and I have had part of this conversation already this morning, which uh, you weren't connected at the time, may not know that there's a state park. Everybody's driven past Point of the Mountain and seen all the uh, paragliders, hang gliders out there, but may not know that's a state park, and it gets to be a pretty busy place. It really does, right there at the Point of the Mountain. It looks like there's ways to access point of the mountain from either the north side or the south side. They actually have a campground on the south side where people can come and stay and get ready to enjoy mm. their their gliding. But, you know, what's fun out there is, as you, you hinted at earlier when we were talking, that there's sometimes so many paragliders out there that the concern is not that they're, they're going to hit the ground, but that they're going to hit each other. Yeah. Uh, it gets crazy busy out there uh, with 20, 30. I've never stopped to count, obviously. Uh, in the air, but they all know what they're doing, hopefully. And you said there's actually a new attraction. What do they call it? Speed what? Oh, the speed wing. It's a kind of uh, paragliding wing, the sail, if you will. And they these guys will set up and, and get up on top of the point of the mountain, and they'll jump off and glide out just a ways away from the hill. And all of a sudden, they'll just kind of start to spin and to turn themselves almost vertically, that wing vertical, and they'll almost free fall for several hundred feet before they pull it out, and they'll come screaming across the ground there at that. I've seen them do that on the north side. They're getting up to 80, 90 miles an hour when they do that. That is a death wish with a very small uh, margin of error, uh, which sounds pretty scary to me. You also discovered something that I didn't know uh, existed in Utah. It's right across the street, evidently, there at Point of the Mountain. And Russ and I were trying to remember the name of the indoor parachuting that you can do. And it's called iFly. I I booted that name up. But what is this thing you're talking about, this simulator, uh, where you can actually don a wingsuit? Well, Bob and I have been out to uh, a place called Notch Peak in Utah, out in Millard County. And Notch Peak is the highest vertical drop in Utah, but the second highest in North America, about 3,000 feet. And there's a company about a year ago that developed a simulator that allows you to put on a wingsuit, and they've got cables and wires and, and about 
10,000 pictures of this jumping off of Notch Peak in a wingsuit, but it's a simulation. And so if you've got a significant other who says there's no way in blank that you're going to jump off the <laughs> point of the mountain, then, then, then you can go do this. And, and so Limitless Flight, if you go to LimitlessFlight.com, you'll find out uh, James Jensen. I talked to James and his wife, Ann, yesterday, and they've started this company. It's just across the freeway from the point of the mountain in Bluffdale. And you can go and you can take a, uh, a wingsuit flight, and this is where you're literally jumping off a cliff in a simulator, and you're falling several thousand feet, but you're controlling your descent. And, and you're turning and, and rotating and, and, and passing by. I think you're probably flying over 100 miles an hour in this experience. But the cables are moving you in those directions, right? Yeah, but you, you have some control, as I understand oh, it. Wow. And I, I talked to, talk to James about this. He says, you know, the people who are doing this are really the people between about 30 and 60 years old whose who significant other says, no way, you're going to go do the real stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this differs from the iFly in that you're not in a wind tunnel. You just feel like you're in a wind tunnel. And uh, with the th- are they goggles you wear or are you in front of a screen? You're, you, you've got goggles, and you're, you're seeing what's happening in those goggles. Wow. And you've got the wingsuit on. But, yeah, and they're blowing some wind at you, but you're not being held up by the wind. You're actually in this cabled simulator. Wow, that sounds like it would be a lot of fun. And it's called what? It's called Limitless Flight, LimitlessFlight.com. That's great stuff. All right. Uh, fun conversation this morning. Always great to catch up with you, Mark. Thank you so much. Uh, remind everybody about your uh, photography site that you guys just booted up. UtahPhotogs.com. That's like Utah Photo with a GS on the end. UtahPhotogs.com. And as always, road tripping with Bob and Mark. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, fingers crossed, we'll connect with Tim Ryan, row 4 ALS. They are headed out on Monday. Finally, going to take that uh, little trip across the Pacific Ocean. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.